And he called him and said unto him, Give an account of thy stewardship. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Life in common, either as a society, as a community, as a family, implies necessarily a certain attitude, certain behaviors towards others. At the very source of communication between members of a given group of people, we find friendship. Or if exercised in view of salvation, our own salvation, we find charity on a more supernatural level due to everyone's participation in the sharing of a common good. And that common good can either be a natural good, such as health, wealth, or a supernatural good, such as grace itself, and which ultimate good, supreme good, is of course eternal life in heaven with God. So this common participation in different goods implies, as we said, a certain friendship. Friendship in the family, friendship in the political sphere, and so on, for what we would call a natural level. On a supernatural level, once again, we find not just a friendship, but this friendship is now charity, true love. Charity tends to unity and tends to perfect this unity. Union between me and others. But this perfect union here on earth and in the life to come will always be limited in as much as I remain I and other remain other. This implies, therefore, a certain respect for others, a certain attitude towards others based on that necessary alterity. I is not he, and so on. It is this fundamental, necessary, and complementary attitude, along with the virtue of charity or friendship, that we call justice. The proper of life in common is to gather people, individual, around a common good. If this attitude of justice, which respects other in his or her alterity, is missing, then the part that each one takes in regard the participation to that common good will not be, in short, guaranteed, but will certainly be endangered. And therefore, charity or even friendship in all spheres of social life towards our neighbor will not be properly ordinated. We all know the famous adage, charity begins at home, which here means acknowledging who I am truly in regard to others and what is due to my neighbor in relation to the whole of human society and in relation to his or her and my eternal beatitude to come. This is why life in common necessitates, necessitates the practice of both charity and justice. And today's gospel wants our attention to focus on the virtue of justice. And he called him and said unto him, Give an account of thy stewardship. This fundamental attitude of justice in us must grow as to become truly a virtue, a habitus, a habit, a stable disposition, and not a mere passion that fluctuates with the up and downs of life. 
Through, dirt, through justice, justice, order and peace reign in the lives of individual as well as in society at large. We understand, therefore, that justice implies necessarily certain rights and certain duties in return for this equilibrium, the right balance between one's own rights and the rights of his neighbor. Without justice in all fear, sphere of human life, there cannot be any order, any peace. But on the contrary, all becomes anarchy. Warfare between rival interests and oppression of the weak by the strong, the triumph of evil. The great French order of the 17th century, Bossuet wrote, When I speak of justice, I speak of the sacred bound that preserves human society, the indispensable curb to license. If justice prevails, good faith is found in treaties, truth in transactions, order in government, the earth is at peace, and heaven itself sheds over us its beneficent light and radiates down to us its blessed influence. They are, according to the teaching of St. Thomas, following Aristotle, two kinds of justice. One regarding my duties and rights towards the society itself at large, as a whole, and vice versa. And the other one regarding my rights and duties towards individual themselves, and vice versa. One called social justice, the other individual justice. With the society, which individual justice, with the society, which object is once again the common good, having precedence, this society, over the individuals. And this is obvious, since we know that there are times when individuals or citizens must sacrifice part of their goods, of their freedom, and even risk their lives in defense of the country or society with the church, of course, as that perfect society instituted by God. So let us focus on the first kind, social justice, as today's gospel and the current social revolution seem to invite us to reflect upon. How much do you owe my master, says the gospel. A good Catholic should stand in the middle, in the right proportion between law and and freedom. Two excesses in recent times have shown and are still showing today the dangers of maintaining either one of the two without the other, law or freedom. This is the dangerous voluntarism of thinkers like Hobbes, Hegel, or Kant, in which system the law becomes the only means to rule the conflicts between the different and diverse liberties of the people in order to attain the perfect social order. In other words, the confrontation of individual wills, desires, gives birth to the law or laws. With this mindset, you understand that laws will be created in order to satisfy each individual desires to maintain a certain peace between people but without any transcendental law. 
that would give each party, sorry, any transcendental law like the divine law. As an, ed- an example of this, if a conflict arises between the promoters, as we see today, the promoters of the gender ideology and those of the divine plan for men, the solution will come up with laws that would give simply each party his own rights without any higher considerations. Justice then becomes a consequence and not truly a principle of action. Worse now with that same vision, that same ideology, the law ends up being considered as an arbitrary constraint in the mind of many because apparently opposed to the very idea of liberty and degenerates into a legalism that paralyzes social life. And this is one of the two excesses. And the other is the rebellion against, of course, any type of law now. Because finally unjust and oppressing, which perfect illustration is the situation America is facing today in Portland, for instance, with the rise of anarchist group and lobbying. The word social refers in the mind of our contemporaries and maybe even in our minds to the very idea of charity but without any reference to God and eternal life. A kind of philanthropy or natural attention or care for others. But with this in mind, the danger is great then to fall into a false notion of love for neighbor and Christian charity since it would reduce justice in society to a simple hand kind of stretched to my neighbor in need and whose needs make me feel uncomfortable. What should be the Catholic position then? Justice doesn't come therefore as a consequence once again for a peaceful social order, but as a principle, a necessary predisposition of our minds and soul, a true virtue that does not consider limited and selfish desires and trends, but the eternal, unchangeable, universal, divine degree, the salvation of men, by giving everyone the means to attain it. So this virtuous habitus, or habit, renders perfect the one who possesses it and practices it in the entire sphere of his relationship with others. The great philosopher Aristotle wrote, The greatest virtues must needs be those which are most profitable to other persons, because virtue is a faculty of doing good to others. For this reason, the greatest honors are accorded the brave and the just, since bravery is useful to others in warfare, and justice is useful to others both in warfare warfare and in time of peace. So the importance of justice seems quite clear, but as always, it starts at home. There cannot be a union of hearts and minds in the family if there is not first that spirit of justice, that virtue of justice, which renders to each other what is their due, respect of children for their parents and vice versa, attention to what could endanger the common good of the family by correcting its deficient members, 
and above all, by giving to God what is due to Him, in the constant and persevering practice of religion, since we know that religion is part, of course, uh, of the virtue of justice, since it renders to God what is due to Him. As a conclusion, I would like to share these powerful words written by Pope Pius XI. Surely there is not one that does not know how many and how great are the work, the works that the tireless zeal of Catholics is striving everywhere to carry out, both for social and economic welfare, as well as in the fields of education and religion. But this admirable and unremitting activity not infrequently shows less effectiveness because of the dispersion of its energies in too many different directions. Therefore, let all men of goodwill stand united, all who under the shepherds of the church wish to fight this good and peaceful battle of Christ, and under the leadership and teaching guidance of the church, let all strive according to the talent, powers, and position of each to contribute something to the Christian reconstruction of human society, seeking not themselves and their own interest, but those of Jesus Christ, not trying to price at all costs their own consuls, but ready to sacrifice them. However excellent, if the greater common good should seem to require it, so that in all and above all, Christ may reign, Christ may command, to whom be honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.